Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It is the Unpack Podcast here from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Don't know why I suddenly started talking like this, but we are here to talk about your totally crappy Green Bay Packers. I'm Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, we are coming to you via the memorial, Glenn's not dead yet, uh, Zoom account. Had to remember which platform we were on. We'll start with a Z. Thanks, Glenn. Um, and I am joined by the usual crew. Nick, Alex, out in Brooklyn, together in the same room. Is that right? That's Correct. True. We can touch hands if we want to. Look at this. And we look, did. Look at y'all. Um, this where's a flowing. <laughs> we switched it up today. Yeah. He, he asked me on my <clears throat> commute over what I was feeling, and we went. We went with a pint of Guinness. Oh, look at that. That's nice. right. I think I'm just gonna become a uh, English soccer lad. Drink Guinness, wake up early on Saturdays, just conform because thank God anything's better. Well, <laughs> come the, on, what we've uh, been watching. Waking up early, that's like a that's a U.S. soccer lad because you got to wake up like six seven well, o'clock yeah. to watch the games. <laughs> that's a that's a U.S. soccer lad. Yeah, that's dedication, man. How do you uh, I mean, how do you guys like that? How do you like waking up at the butt crack of dawn to watch soccer? Well, I actually don't do that, but. <laughs> I really love it. Yeah. Um, I am a huge proponent of it. I think that with age, uh, my uh, as many uh, who reach a certain age would probably agree with, day drinking is way better than night drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and sleeping is increasingly hard. Uh, so, <laughs> you sound old. Uh, I often don't have to set an alarm to be up for these early games. And, you know, there's like a little underground society vibe when it's like you're like one of the only few people in a neighborhood in New York City populated with eight million people or whatever it is that's like actually awake and at an establishment, right? Uh, that no one would ever think is open. So it's it's quite nice actually. Uh, the only bad thing uh, is that your weekend can be ruined kind of before it begins if you're emotionally invested, yeah. and that happens. To many, whereas with the Packers, you can have a Saturday um, and just wait until Sunday for your weekend for the impending doom to be ruined. So you you find yourself maybe on a Saturday, your team loses, your day is ruined. Then on Sunday, your team loses and your day is ruined. uh, Well, this is yes, this year this is happening more and more, although I will say that. Uh, the my teams of interest have kind of swapped places a bit. So at least for the last month, I've come away very joyful on most Saturdays and then uh, come crashing back down to earth on Sundays. Uh, and at the end of the day, I've been a Packer fan far longer than I've been a morning drinking fan uh, and <laughs> Premier League fan. So, uh, uh, you know, it stings more because it's like part of you, you know, yeah. Uh but it's okay because again, expectations; those are the things, and the, you can't get relegated. So, what is the real risk of sucking? I wish you they only could get, get rewarded. Relegated. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I don't because they would be. <laughs> they would get relegated. They would be in serious game, yeah. danger of that, and having them, you know, no longer even in the NFL would be. Uh, that would be a really tough pill to swallow. Well, if relegation Whereas, was a thing, if we're going to play this out to its logical extension, then some of the teams they've already played would have been replaced by other teams who were bad yeah. and had a shot at, yeah. at the it, NFL. It's a model that in American football I don't think would ever work, but it would be really no. cool. Uh, the owners, however, would never go for it. No. Um, no. So. And the, yeah, and we just watched the Packers lose by 25 to the St. Louis Battlehawks. 
Yeah. Decatur Staley's. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Uh, yeah. Cheers with your uh, with your Guinness there. I'll give you a cheers. I'm I'm drinking cheers. a beverage out of a koozie that says, "Shit could be worse." And uh-huh. I don't know. It could. It could be worse. I kind of was just feeling that vibe today as we were kind of getting ready to record and talking about just talking about our bad football team for forty five. <laughs> but let's just uh let's just dive into it let's rip the band-aid right off 17 to 19 the packers fall to the denver broncos and russell eat the ball wilson um and yeah that sucked i don't know it was uh we'll talk about this a, a little bit later with um with my poem but it was getting pretty emotional in our uh in our text thread during the game a lot of a lot of back and forth, knee jerk, emotional reactions. That's a safe space uh, for us to have those reactions, and we get here, and cooler heads prevail, and we can, I guess, yeah. talk with a little, little bit of reason. But it was a crappy game, and um, the Nuggets are extra crappy, I guess, <laughs> this week. And I'll start with my note, Nug. Um, I'm gonna get very specific. I don't know if you guys are this specific, but Luke Musgrave specifically, what would you say it is that you do here? Or more accurately, I guess, Matt LaFleur, what are you doing with this player? I don't understand what you're asking him to do. He's you you drafted this guy to be uh, I'll 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 say this. I was I was chatting with uh, with our colleague John Meerding today, and um he said Luke Musgrave was purpose built to run seam routes until he gets totally. too tired to run anymore. That's like all you should do with him. And they're just like sending him on these two yard routes in the flat. And I just, I just don't get it. Particularly with all this talk of like pushing the ball down the field and needing a big play and and all this stuff. And I don't know if it's like they're keeping him close to the line so that there's an extra body if they need a blocker. I have no idea, but I don't think any, I think that's the point. I have no idea what they're doing with him. It doesn't make any sense. And it's very frustrating as a, um, as a noted tight end fan, <laughs> just wanting this team to have good tight end play story of my life for the last 15 years. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. What are they doing with him? I don't get it either. Uh, however, at the very least, he proved you right on one of the uh, degenerate corner prop bets. Uh, we'll get to those later. We did pretty well in those Uh when we went into last week's show with quite a bit of pessimism. Yeah. It's frustrating to finally have what feels like the most physically gifted tight end that we've all been waiting for and to basically have him just be another Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGara. <laughs> just, running, just running the dick rod routes. Like, there's a, like... Richard uh, Rodgers yeah. was far more productive. And I'm not saying Musgrave won't get there, but let's not... Let's all not right, yeah, I don't, I, don't mean to dismirch, I don't mean to besmirch Richard Rodgers. It, it is like... Uh, I don't know, man. It the hard thing is it's with so many of the players we're talking about, like there is so much opportunity for them to just, you know, have all of this just be like a cold takes exposed thing. But like what are are we supposed to not evaluate what we're seeing just because they're young? Like, you know what I mean? Like if if that's the way you want to go about it, then like nothing this year counts whatsoever. Like what's the point of even you know, <laughs> watching, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me, but uh, specifically to your point, I mean, if you're building a case around Matt LaFleur and, uh, you know, maybe not being that good of an offensive mind, which I feel like many are now, I mean, we're getting really close to people turning all the way. Yep. Um, Musgrave might be the, uh, uh, I would say Aaron Jones is 1A and Musgrave so far usage 1B for like your, you know, your points that you're going to make of like, wow. what are you doing with this guy? Yeah. So, um, that reminds me that. of a, uh, of a note nug that we got on Twitter. Tweet at us after every game, if you like, with your note nug as I, stretch and delay and look for <laughs> <laughs> the exact note nug. Where did it go? John Ramos tweeting in his note nug. Self-scout for two weeks just to keep doing the same things you suck at. Nothing to see here. And that came to mind because self-scouting reminds me of like, you've got these 
players who are clearly talented or they're here because they're talented or they were brought here because they're very talented and it's like what is it going to take for you to realize that you need to utilize them in a different way uh, or at all um, and by you I mean Matt LaFleur or by extension the coaching staff what I don't know I don't know I don't know the answer yeah uh, thanks John for tweeting in um, who's next give me a note nug well I guess you kind of gave your note nug mine Mine is just <clears throat> it, the. I think we're gonna. I, I, and I'm. My my poem kind of centers around this as well. But uh, the the age narrative. Um, I think we just gotta move a little bit away from it. And and this season compared to last season, feels deja vu y in a way. Like through the first couple weeks of last season, there was hope with that Packers team, even though it felt like there were a few pretty glaring um, faults with that team and they needed to progress throughout the season. And instead of progress, they either stayed stagnant or regressed. And that's what's happening this year. This team, like the, the teams that they're losing to at least seem like they're, I mean, they're terrible teams, but the Packers made them look not that terrible, yeah. which is frustrating. Yeah. So it feels they're, like they're getting a little worse every week that we watch. They're them. getting a little worse every week, or at the very least, remaining stationary. And the teams they're playing are like teams should, as the season progresses, get a little bit better. Game plan for your opponent, so on and so forth. Like the first halves in these games this year, what in the world? And then, like, Rasul Douglas had, like, a pretty fiery quote after the game, which I liked. I don't have it pulled up, but it was essentially, like, to expect uh, – this is very much paraphrasing – but to expect us to uh, go Space Jam mode in the second half every single week and just like, come from behind is not a realistic <laughs> expectation. Yeah, he was like – he said like, something <laughs> about, like, drink the monster juice or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's to- you're totally right. Like, what? what is – how? how is it, like – halftime adjustments are a real thing, but a brand new game plan at halftime is not. And it's just like, they're, they're two different teams and it's still not good enough in the second half because they're still not good enough. But it just, it, it harkens back to last season for me where, um, there, they were, there, I felt like the, the bottom, there was no bottom to the bottoming out element of this team. Like the, it's just an abyss. And I don't know where the bottom is because every week it feels like a new bottom. Yeah. Just very deflating. And I know it's not, you know, where we want to be, expectations tempered and all, but it just doesn't look like a team that has any idea of how to win, youthfulness aside. I just think, I think that the youth narrative is still valid. So I, I disagree with you a little bit, but I guess I would say that it's not that simple because. You can be a young team, but if your players are going to end up being good players, some of them will improve over the course of the season. And you'd think, by extension, your team gets a little bit better. So what I'm worried about is that they are a young team, and most of those young players stink. And that's where my concern is, and that starts um, my brain working, thinking about uh, Gutekunst and drafts and looking back at all these players we've brought in and just want, and, and that gets me thinking about the future and like tearing the whole thing down. It's a real negative, a real negative uh, headspace I spin into. So I, I disagree yeah. with you a little bit, but I'm, I'm just sort of with the caveat that I think you include in there. It might just be that the players are young and some of them kind of just are going to turn out to well, not be I, good, I, good I players. I, I agree with that. Um, but I, I don't think it can I'm and I'm guilty of this. I thought it could all be blamed on the youth and I don't think that's the case anymore as I'm watching the season um, unfold more and more. But Zach, you said something there that I thought uh, that just kind of, you know, resonated when you said the, just simply the phrase tearing the whole thing down. And I would just pose the question, have they done that already? Like, get, like because of what we're looking at, have they done that now? I guess, Maybe you could say, given their cap situation, they have not. And I'm currently looking at a very depressing dead money graphic that Nick sent to our group chat earlier this week, in which uh, 
you know, there's $40 million of dead money, Aaron Rodgers, almost $8 million of Adrian Amos. So, like, they, they, but obviously they had to take these steps to get out of there. Like, um, I don't know. I feel like that's something we always talk about. It's just like, is it time for a rebuild? Are we, are we actually in the midst of the rebuild and just not realizing that yet? You know? I think we um, are. I think the plan was we were going to be in a rebuild and learn what we have in some of these young players. And I think that, honestly, like it was a bad idea to count on David Bakhtiari to be there for the whole season. But I think that really was yeah. like the first huge domino that just kind of tore the whole thing down. I think the, pl- the plan was he would help keep the team competitive in a way that was yeah. entertaining to fans, at least. You know, they, they would they win one or two more of these games. They probably win two or three games more total on the season with him in there. Like he's worth that much. Um, but yeah, other than that, it is a rebuild. Like you were saying, you know, that graphic of, of all the dead yeah. money. Uh, I think I did some, some napkin math there. You add all that up plus David Bakhtiari plus I think Stokes and Savage now are both on, on IR. It's like yeah. 70, $80 million of a 230 some million dollar cap is not on the field. And then everyone else who is on the field is basically a rookie or a second-year player who may not turn out to be very good. It is very much a rebuild. It's very much a bare-bones operation. So just call a spade a spade then. Like, we, yeah. we, we, it's time to pay the piper. And I would argue that the Bakhtiari money, while by definition is not dead money, that it kind of is. And I guess that's a really good counterpoint is that if they were fully committed to the rebuild, that's a, like that is a contract – the, I guess the way my Packer brain contextualizes this is that as a contract, Ted Thompson, a RIP, would not have given. Like, and that's the difference. And that is, to me, like a, a, a you know, um, something that I feel like, you know, how many times were we wrong about those guys? Like that, that like were seemed like the heart of the team that would just be, you know, sent away. Basically to, every time to the point that later in his tenure, whenever he did that, I just be like, I just trust him now. I don't like. Yeah. He's like, another, another, another like guy, pivotal just... sliding doors moment for Gudikans that is really sucking now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the offensive line and the shuffling they have to do as a result of this, as a result of putting faith in a knee that has ne- like, what is this? I, I mean, like how many months has it been? He hasn't, he hasn't <laughs> been healthy in the better part of three years. It's not his we're fault. Like I'm not. Bakhtiari, it's, it's we're like, talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's not his fault. Of course, it's not. We can't be mad at Bakhtiari. And it's not his knee in particular anymore. It's like a totally different. Yeah, well, I guess fair. It's like, um, yeah. which I, mean, I get. Anyway. I, I get all that, and I'm not here to crap on him. I just. I don't know. It's depressing. It sucks a little just, bit. To me, that counts as as dead money. I think the way Justice put it, I was talking to him the other day, um, and I was like sharing all this again napkin math that I did with him, and his response was just forty million dollar offense. That's <laughs> that's what we got. We got a salary cap that's like two hundred and I don't know. I think it's like two thirty eight or something. I don't know exactly. It's in the two thirties, uh, millions of dollars, and our offense is worth about forty million. Hmm. Not good. You get what you pay for. Not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean this, but it, what did we what did we expect? This in some form or fashion, even at the beat. But it's just it's very it's it's very disheartening to watch a team get worse week to week. Like that shouldn't be the case, yeah. and that's what I felt like this team was last. So to put a little uh, stinky little ribbon on this thing. <laughs> Stinky little ribbon. Um, it, I, <laughs> Episode title. Team, <laughs> yeah. This, the last year's last year's team was older. I mean, it was still last year's team should have been qualified as a rebuild too in a lot of ways. Like Lazard was your number one receiver last year, um, and they had a very youthful team. Not at not nearly. As I would love to have Lazard on this team. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I get why you keep Bakhtiari to protect a new quarterback, but it just seemed so hopeful that, like, to assume that he would be able to ever reach levels again. Um, that he played at anyway. Um, yeah, 
Did you actually give him note nug? Not yet. You okay. want mine? I thought you are. I th- yeah, we're kind of. We've been I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one of those things where I ask a question and walk away. I'm just gonna stir <laughs> shit up and Classic. just watch the chaos unfold. Uh, no, I mean, I there's a big, massive question hanging over everyone on whether you're in or out, or not even in, but just not out yet on the quarterback. Uh, but, um. I, I would I've just been increasingly, you know, since I gave my uh, quarterly business review, just it, it literally since then, just increasingly disappointed with Romeo Dobbs. And it was a player that showed so much promise right away. Uh, you know, APC folks were jokingly tweeting uh, like Microsoft Paint images of a golden <laughs> jacket on this guy. And, um, you know, it, we're... It, we're a long way from having a competent receiving core. And I think we were okay with it because they were a young one and they invested some draft capital in it finally. And I know he scored and I know he has four touchdowns, but um, I I feel like I've always been very, very cautious about ruling out a receiver early in their career. And I think it's because Devonte Adams is like the poster child for being really disappointing for like two full years. Yeah. And then being particularly one of the in the second season. Yeah. And then being one of the best players to play that position for this franchise. So I don't know. Do we just give him a pass because the whole offense stinks? I mean, he's dropping a lot of balls like catch percentages and everything. And Devonte Adams did this thing where he had like a not great one and then dipped way down to 53, which is so far below low. his like career average. Uh, and Romeo Dobbs it took a really similar dip so far. And again, we're only six games into, uh, you know, his second season. But none of the numbers look good, except for touchdowns, funny enough. But, like, when you have, like, three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, like, dude, even in fantasy, that's not really productive. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a productive day. So... I, I, he's doing love no favors. Like there was a deep ball that was thrown deep up the left sideline in that game from the opposite hash, by the way. Now, granted, it probably could have been placed a little better, but like a lot of receivers in the NFL catch that ball. Yeah. And, you know, there, most deep balls that love is throwing while they're inaccurate, the ones that are accurate are not being brought in, which right. is, which is, so it's like, yeah. It's kind of everyone's fault, you know, um, which is, again, it seems like every point we arrive at is more and more sad. It's just like, it's not just that that guy sucks. It's that that guy sucks, too. It's a, um, it's a group project and nobody's doing any of that. <laughs> yeah. Where's the one guy who paid attention yeah, in class? You got to have that one guy. And also, <laughs> by gal. the way, your teacher sucks. Usually a gal, actually. Your teacher sucks so far, even after he's been a coach of the year candidate for however long. So, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys feel? Like, Do you feel like his catch issues can be resolved despite the fact that uh you know one of his drops resulted in a score (laughs) right um i believe that it's too nuanced of a question to arrive at an answer but this isn't a nuanced podcast this is a take podcast say the take say the take so so what i'll say is I'm not I'm definitely not out at all on Romeo Dobbs even though I don't like doing the um oh like if you compare this trajectory to Devonte Adams trajectory across like there's so yeah. many different like it, this is a totally different team like it makes no sense to draw those comparisons but that being said um Love's not doing him any favors the floor's not doing him any favors and we know that this guy's confidence I guess we don't know this but it's been reported that this guy's confidence is shaken a bit if he's not put in some better situations i put if you put romeo dobbs in the 49ers offense and he is i mean he's not going to be iuk iuk's a special talent but he could be a force to be reckoned with in my opinion you put him in a lot of different offenses put him in the dolphins offense i think he'd be incredible he's got he's got the tangibles um and i think he's a good route runner too he just something something's going on with his with his confidence maybe yeah or he's or they're not putting him in good positions to succeed just like musgrave's not being put in good positions to succeed or aaron jones even when he touches the ball he's great but he gets 10 attempts a game i just think there's something more broken 
with his offense yeah. and with the scheme than what Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. And, you know, I know catch percentages depend on a lot of things. I, I only brought that up because I, I just, the second year regression, uh, just Adams is like the first guy that always comes to mind with that. Um, you know, no, I get it. But. it. The accuracy of the passes coming to Adams were definitely a lot higher too. <laughs> so it's like almost more dramatic and, uh, you know, he turned it around. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, whatever happened to the second year leap, come on guys. I mean, let me, you know, Guinness isn't very gassy, so I can't work up the burps to give those the proper second year leap it's due. But what happened to that? I don't know, man. We, I know we were looking for that from him and from a Watson. lot of players. Yeah, I don't have much to add, um, Nick, to what you said. You know, other things that Dobbs can learn and, and do better and improve at. Yes. Is everything else around him awful right now? Yes. So everything is like compounding and just everything feels awful. And you could point to any single thing at any point on the Packers offense and go that that sucks. And that, you know, you just throw a dart and it's like, oh, that's Romeo Dobbs. And he should have caught that pass. And that sucks. And it's like throw another dart. And it's like, look at this pass blocking. What is this? This is absurd. And you throw another dart. And it's like, why did Watson get bodied by a guy who's a foot shorter? <laughs> I'm still not letting that go. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. <laughs> you never will. <laughs> I just I, I saw the highlight again um, just before, shortly before we were getting getting on the mic here. And it just... I'll never let it go. <laughs> kind of upset. It wasn't a great pass, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, to put a finer point on it, to put a stinky little ribbon on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just I'll just echo what Nick said, which is that the the answer is unsexy and that it is complicated and it's all those things at once and it's just I'll add to that that the the like. A little touch of nihilism which is that it doesn't matter we just gotta like this is the team we have this season <laughs> and it's just what we have to deal with it's not like you know the trade deadline is looming and it's not like oh we're gonna open up the pocketbook and bring someone like there is no pocketbook there's no room there's no it's just it is what it is we're watching a bad football team learn on the job how to be a slightly better football team and it's not going great so far. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it where we are. Not going awesome. Not great, Bob. It's not great, Bob. Um, all right. Well, with that, uh, we are gonna throw it to break, and then when we come back, we'll read some poetry, maybe do a little aromatherapy, try to get our try to get our heads right ahead of the game against the uh against the Vikings. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. All right, we are back. Uh, no one has to pee, and we are going <laughs> behind the beaded curtain right away. No preamble. St straight into the aromatherapy room. Shake off those negative vibes. And I think I'm going to do that with this, uh, with this haiku. Actually, let me throw an audible here. I'm going to start by reading a haiku that we got from a listener, and then I'm going to read my haiku. Jacob, Jacob uh, Padilla, tweets, and I'm submitting a haiku instead of a nut. <clears throat> he says, Jordan Love ain't it. 
This stuff is so hard to watch. Bad, bad football team. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like our group thread. Exactly. All right. Here's mine. Oh, what took so long? I ran out of music. We're going to try that again. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. Here we go. In private moments, emotions overcome me, but love requires time. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're the poet. (laughs) I was pretty proud of that one, not going to lie. Nailed it. Um, (laughs) It was good. So as yeah, as we alluded to, we've got our our text thread, which during the game kind kind of becomes like a safe space for a little bit of an emotional sounding board, uh, gut reactions, maybe things we're not proud of saying, or things that turn out not to be what we really think when we get a good night's sleep. And that happened to me during this last game. I officially declared in our text thread during the game that I was out on Jordan Love, or maybe I said like I think I'm out on Love. I'm always I'm always hedging. I think you I think you yeah, you gave yourself a little hedge. But I'm not. The truth is I'm not. I slept on it. I waited a day or two. I kind of consumed some more some more media, a bunch of film people kind of like just look at the game more more holistically and I mean, it's not the picture is not great because Everything around everything around love is just falling apart. And I think that so I'm catching myself here because I was like, oh, I'm going to imbue some optimism here. But it's not optimistic because really what's happening is I think we're coming to the worst case scenario that we talked about at the beginning of the year, which is that I feel like we might get to the end of the season and not actually be sure what we have in Jordan Love. And I actually think uh, Ben Solak... Uh, uh, put a piece out today um, that pretty much said the same thing. And it's just, I don't know how we evaluate. In the moment, it's easy to evaluate love based on TV copy and just be like, that was a terrible throw and you're only seeing half the field um, and you have no idea what the what the call is. And then you watch the film and you go, well, that throw could have been a little bit better, but also that was the wrong route. That's not what the play was designed to do. Or look at these blockers over here. What are they doing? Or there's these two receivers and they're just running into each other. There's no way that's what they're supposed to be doing. And that stuff has just been happening every week. More and more, it seems. That's how it feels anyway. So it's it's frustrating that they're not getting better, but it's more frustrating that I feel like I can't get a read on how good I think he is. I do think, again, after sleeping on it and cooler heads prevailing you see the talent you see why he was drafted like he's got an arm he's cool under pressure he's very athletic all of these things that like you can win ball games with those attributes if you have blockers who can block if you have an offensive line that isn't melting down around him if you have receivers who can get open any receiver get open at any point, challenge. I challenge you to get open at any point. It's been so rough to watch. So, again, I'm not trying to give him a total pass and say that he's got nothing to work on and he's going to be great and all this stuff. We still don't know. He might suck. But I think the key is that we don't know. And it's just there's just so much chaos around him that I don't know that we're going to know this season. It's not like the offensive line is going to magically get better. I mean, you see him taking some of these drops and it's like, he gets the ball, and it's like an immediate, it's the fastest, longest striding, like seven-step drop you've ever taken because he's like, I have to get 20 feet away from the line because I know the pocket is going to immediately get pushed back six feet. And there's no play in their playbook that's designed for that, that's designed to have routes timed for that. He's just like kind of always running for his life. And in that way, I guess I feel like the poise is really admirable because like nothing is going right. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to preach patience, I think. I'm saying it also for myself. <laughs> saying it out loud for myself as much as I am for anyone else's benefit. Sometimes that's what therapy is, right? You arrive at that conclusion on your own. Look at us, the woke boys. <laughs> <laughs> the woke boys. And 
That's a, it might not even be a, uh, an episode name, but an overarching uh, kind of theme. But anyway, um, I said tongue-in-cheek when we were watching. Oh, no, when I was watching the game um, two nights ago, um, the Vikings-Niners game, which actually aged poorly because Brock Purdy ended up having a pretty bad game. But I said, um, if only Love had half the talent that, that Purdy does, which is a joke, of course, but it's just funny how much better – a uh, young, inexperienced quarterback can look in a system that has a lot of s- talent around him. So, I, I 100% agree with you. It's it's just it it it's it's f- just frustrating to not know. I hate not being able to do an accurate read on this. Yeah. Alex, you look, you look impensive. You, he, 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 pensive and pondering. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of this. I don't know. It's the same as. Well, everybody's in the same boat. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. The way I feel about everybody is the same. The way I. Uh, I'm just not that hopeful, you know. That's the that's the thing is I'm not out on anyone in particular, but I'm not hopeful. And I described the way the offense looks last week as hopeless. And that is yeah, it's 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 that's a problem. That, that, like if that doesn't get rectified, then like how can you sit here and justify I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're not without your reasons. I mean, we we've We've said it before, but it feels like they're getting worse every week. Like you, you sit down yeah. on Sunday and you've got this renewed sense of like, oh, they're they just got to get at least one of these things sort of fixed, and Love, things will be better. And it just never happens. Love started the season with five touchdowns, and no picks, and now he's just throws a lot of bad interceptions. And it's not like oh, you know, he had like a cupcake start to the season, and now the schedule has gotten tough. Like I'm not downplaying going on the road with the young team in the NFL, and I know the past two games have been back-to-back AFC West road games, which never really seemed to bode well for the Packers. But those are also two of the worst teams they're going to play this season. Yeah. <laughs> like, and many teams will beat those teams on their own turf, like with young players. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, I would like to see that the first two games are more like what he actually is, but it it's a concern when, the deeper you go into a season, that's not the case. Um, but, you know, we, we can't really be out on them until the end of the season. <laughs> and then you could be out on them all you want. But yep. um, for now, we're kind of all in this together and just hope, honestly, quite frankly, just hoping to be entertained. Yep. <laughs> Which is really the only part are, are that pisses me off. No, we are not. That's the thing. I'm happy being bad and fun. Like, that is fun. That's what... We used yeah. to talk about with Foldy all the time, like the you know, but there is no chaos. This team, yeah. it's the most it's orderly bad. shit team I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like every game is the same. There's nothing like fun or spunky or like spontaneous that happens. It's like the defense like falters for a drive or two, and the offense scraps to try to get back just in time for the defense to give up a game-winning drive. It is kind of like, yep. that's not fun. Rinse, repeat, lather, yeah. rinse, repeat. Anyway, sorry. Well, um, let's. That, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're you're back in the steam room. Your overall sentiment uh, segues nicely into my haiku, if I may. Please do. Oh, you may. I insist. To misdiagnose hopelessness as youthfulness is just malpractice. So this is, I think this actually kind of drives your point home, Zach, when you said you weren't in full um, agreement with me about the the youth narrative. It's not, it's not that I'm saying youth can't be 100%, you know, can't 100% explain this away, but if it's just hopeless talent and mediocrity, that is baked into that youth, then we just we we can't just use that as the as the explainer. I I think about I've been to I've been to um, a doctor in the past that I continued to go to 
because I knew that it was going to be, and I had to go for like an, an annual physical for like insurance purposes. And um, um, because I don't want anyone getting sued, of course, I'm not going to name names, but um, the, the, the check on the vitals, the, I think it was like, it was more of, you know, just like a, a like a walkthrough for him. And that is how I, f I feel like I was just able to like skirt, get in, get out. I wasn't getting a real good, clean look. And I didn't feel <laughs> like I had a, an actual feel like I had a clean uh, bill of health. And this, and this Packers team definitely does not have that. And I just don't want to, uh, I, wa I want to properly diagnose them. And I don't know how to do it yet, but I, I think uh, further testing is, is in order. Mm. You gotta see a specialist. Fair enough. You need a referral yeah, they need for the to specialist. see a handful of specialists. Yeah, we gotta we gotta find someone to write some referrals. Maybe try some experimental medication. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's not gonna be covered something. though. <laughs> yeah. on a whole insurance right, rabbit yeah. hole here. Yeah, we're in Brooklyn. Maybe we can find something holistic. I don't know. Mm, that might be the better route. Although that often is expensive too. But there's yeah. not a lot of money in the HSA account. I gotta say. Well, find so. some find some weird office with like a Eastern European practitioner in the basement, like a brownstone. Mm -hmm. what is why, why is there a doctor's office here? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or go to Miami. Well, yeah, you can get some other work done there too. Yeah, <laughs> fake doctors everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Rodgers has seen them all. Hey. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, well, that's me. Uh, put some put money, money in the swear jar. jar. Money in the jar. Yeah, I think I, I think you beat me too. Oh no, I referenced him in a graphic I was reading about dead cap, but I guess it, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. The name count. is a name, so I'll I'll put some money in the jar too. That's uh, six shiny quarters in there, I think so far. Yeah, so far. Um, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of football <laughs> left this season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of reflecting to do of, because it's not that fun to talk to about what's happening. With a, yeah, with a crappy team. All right. Yeah. Uh, Alex, are you ready to read some poetry? Yeah, I am. All right. With the winter winds comes a day I once ignored. Black Monday draws near. Off Cryptic. in the distance. Off in the distance. I'm just going to say, I'm doing this thing again. Just saying. There are many peers of one Matt LaFleur who would do a lot more with the same crop. I don't think he's been dealt a great hand. But I also don't feel like he's playing a hand. <laughs> I feel like he's folding every fucking hand. I am so confused. And... He's playing go fish. <laughs> um, I mean, that's where you are. I guess that's where you are when when it's like the revolution of a team. Yeah, you know, we 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 haven't had to deal with that. Like I understand Mike McCarthy got fired. He got fired in season. Um, we, you know, like biding time to the end of the year to then just watch everything blow up is not something that we are used to. So I'm a little uncomfortable, but um. We're not, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying we're not that far from that. I, I look, they've been injured. There's been a lot of things, but like, just like a lot of, it's a lot of excuses if we're trying to defend it. And I don't know how you go from, you know, one of the most successful starts to a coaching career, winning 13 games every year, to this, when losing one quarterback who is on the tail end of his career. Like, he wasn't playing his bet. I guess he won an MVP, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but like, you know, he wasn't the dynamism from him as a player wasn't as obvious as other parts of his career, which led me to believe yeah. that it was a mutually beneficial relationship. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We just went into the year knowing it would be a big, a big evaluation year. And it would be like we could finally find out about him as a coach. And so far, what we found out is not great. In fact, I would argue that Joe Barry's crappy coordinating has led this defense to keeping them in more games than they should be in they haven't, already. They, yeah. They, they ha haven't given up more than 20 points in the last two games. That's like, they that's enough to win. They could be getting game. blown out every week. Yeah. Like not like, Oh, it's disappointing loss of the Broncos on the road. Like 
some mild competence and they would be getting just smashed everywhere. Like the way they start games, especially after a bye week. Like when you talk about the beginning of games, that's the scripted part of the game. That's the part that Jordan Love should go into with the highest degree of confidence. And that is not happening. And the highest degree of confidence seems to be coming when they're in total. Well, let's just, you know, go into like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks in the second half. Let's also like scramble around and try, you know, like broken plays. Like this is, that's not within an offense that we were yeah. so excited to see be yeah. run. And uh, how does a team also get less healthy after the bye? Just, <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, that's like ridiculous. <laughs> I know we talk about it. But it's just funny that you, you mentioned it last week. The harbinger of like the bye week should not be a bad. It like, shouldn't be a tale of something bad to come. Yeah. Yeah. It should for be nothing to have changed. And in fact, for things to have gotten worse, it's like it's pretty damning. But um, to your point about the. The game scripts, because Matt Lafleur was asked about that recently, and and he kind of illuminated. And I didn't I didn't know this, but I'm not the smartest football mind uh, available on the internet. Uh, but the game script to me, I always thought that was like, okay, we've got the first 15 plays in order. This is what we're gonna do. That's not apparently what it is. It's like a menu of plays, a small menu of plays based on the looks that you think you're going to get from from the opposing team. And he said point blank uh, for a couple weeks in a row, he's been wrong uh, about the looks. They expected one team to come out in some, some look and they came out in their base defense or, you know, so if this, if this, I don't know, I don't, do you think he's valiant and like falling on the sword at all for his guy? Or do you think he's just, I suck. And I'm sorry. No, I think he's pretty honest about when, a, like, when a play call is the problem. When like something should be on him. I don't think he's. I think there's some level of wanting to protect your guys, but um, but I don't think that's totally what's happening. I don't know. Well, you you sent a you sent a screenshot the other day of that R- Romeo Dobbs. Um, whatever it was that it was like the back shoulder fade route thing that went f- fell dismally incomplete and Jones was just so wide open underneath mm. and that was a read that was just missed yeah so i don't know maybe that well was a- i think if that play in particular it'd be easy to put that on love and just be like you missed this but like the screen hasn't been open at any point that's, this season, in that's any true. of these he probably games. just conditioned to think it's not going to be there. Yeah, I mean, even so, if it's Aaron Rodgers back there, I would forgive him for being like, "Well, I, I just assume that's not going to be there. I'm going to go for the score." Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Look, mental errors are going to happen from everyone, quarterbacks too, and um, you know the the it's you can't just it, it's it's also his job to mitigate those, you know, like that's the thing yeah. is just like, it, it's not like the Packers just employ a bunch of players who are dumb. Like, that's just not what it is, you know? So like whether, whatever it is, if the message isn't being communicated, you can be a, a, a really bright offensive mind and have great ideas and everything. But like, if the, if the, if the way it's translating to the field just isn't there, that's a disconnect. Yeah. That's concerning. Like that's, yeah. and again, his job watch, is to get the most out of everyone, you know, yes, like that's, totally. That's as, the job description. As I watch week after week, these like film crunchers on Twitter who are like, look at this play. Look at these three players who are doing the exact wrong thing. Like the more and more that happens over time, the more you're like, okay, well, it, it, Nick, to your point, it, the youth excuse wears a little thin after a while and it has to be coaching. At some point it has to be coaching. Either exactly. you're not coaching it correctly or well enough and or in a way that can be understood, or you're not realizing these guys can't, they don't understand this concept. So we need to do something different. That's the thing that I thought they were going to get um, straightened out during the buy was like, what are the things that we can actually do? And let's just do those. And it doesn't seem like they did that self scout or if they did, they didn't get it right. Yeah. There, there should always be a simplified version of whatever your offense is, is what I would imagine. And I would, I would think that would be like the first stuff to be installed, right? Like you look at these things in phases like this is, yeah, it's only week, whatever of the guy's starting career. But like we, this started in 
June, you know? Like, this was all... This this iteration looks pretty simple. It's have A.J. Dillon run into the back of your offensive line. Well, that's another point that I wanted to... Throw the ball really deep into double coverage. Yes, that's another point that I wanted to bring up is, like, you know, for a while it was like, well, they can't run, so no one is buying the run game. The opposing defense is not buying it, so they're just making the pass game impossible for the Packers. So... Now we're, we've got A.J. Dillon going. He's averaging 4.5 yards a carry or whatever yeah. it was in that game. He looks great. But the opposing defense says, I don't care. I don't care. Take your 4.5 yards per carry. I'm not going to bite at all. We're still just going <laughs> to only play the pass. And you can't, with a wide receiver core and tight end group full of rookies, you can't win that way. You, like, you're never going to get open. And so I don't – that's almost for me it's a – I don't want to say it's a point in Matt LaFleur's favor. I just like, I also don't know what you do <laughs> to fix yeah. that. I don't know what you do. Uh, anyway, here's what you do. You, uh, you gamble. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to head yeah. out onto Degenerate Corner, find our bookie, and uh, gamble our troubles away. I got to have like a real gambling like disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we were decent, but Nick and I, as a pod, we nailed all three, but only Zach actually got uh, the Luke Musgrave under. Uh, our three props were Luke, Luke Musgrave, 31 and a half receiving yards. He finished with 30. Nick and I took the over. Zach, on National Tight End Day, as I heard a thousand bajillion times on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Just watching Red Zone on National Tight End. Uh, next time on Mute. Whatever, if they play if the tight end days, whatever week that is next year, please. Um, uh, Zach, you faded Musgrave. You were correct. Uh, we took the over on Jordan Love rushing yards, 14 and a half yards. Baby did that hit. Broken scrambling plays galore, life. scrambling for his life. Guy's got legs. Bang. Aaron Jones, parentheses, if he plays. Uh, Nick wanted the under on both rushing yards and on attempts. Um, I believe also in parentheses, at time whatever of the kick, line is at kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> at kick, which uh, I believe hit, he finished with eight attempts and uh, what was it? Oh, I just had it up. I think it was like 30. Oh, I, I greened. I checked it before the under hit. So we were correct on that. So the game went kind of like we thought it would go. Uh, broken plays, Jordan love doing what he could do. Uh, except Musgrave wasn't used as, as much as we thought against a team. That uh, was the worst in the league against tight ends. So, again, you go into the bye week, you have all this data, you got a guy who seems very athletically gifted, uh, no little, seam routes. A little out of character for me, noted tight end lover, but, um, and I don't take, I, I don't normally contribute to a lot of these bets, but I heard that and everyone's banging the over, and I thought, no. This team well, that's because you were uh, banking on the Sims breakout game, right? That's what it was. Ben Sims breakout. My guy. Ben Sims, um, hey, he caught a first down. He's going right. to take all the targets away from, <laughs> from Luke. Um, okay. I have only nominated one myself so far, and I hate to do this, but scoring three touchdowns seems like a, a really big effort for this team. So I was debating between Packers team total points, which is currently on uh, DraftKings, 20.5, taking the under or team total touchdowns uh, under, which I could do under two or under three. Um, but the VIG on that is a lot more. Um, so I'll, I'm going to just stick with Packers team total points, 20 and a half. Breaks my heart to do it, especially at home, under. I think it's going to be... You know, I don't have a lot of evidence to say that this game isn't going to be really similar to what we've been yeah. seeing. It's like a it's a prove me wrong bet. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, I'll be happy if I'm wrong. I'm taking the under. I'm keeping it simple. No player props because, like, who knows? Honestly, with these guys. Who knows? By the way, um, we I, we didn't nominate it for degenerate corner, but Wicks. Finally, we've been on the Wicks train, which every it week is hit. like one yeah. catch and for I like 15 yards. Yeah, it was his was seven and a half this week, <laughs> which is insane. And he um, had one reception. I yeah, think. that so was like a double sad. digit yard reception, but that, that would have been easy money. Anyway, that's what I got on my corner. Um, that's a good corner. It's a corner that I will stand with you on um, okay. All right. for exactly the reasons that we've just espoused. Show me otherwise. Uh, the so there are not any Packers 
player props out there right now in a quick little scroll. It's only a couple of Vikings players at this point. <laughs> Even in time. Vegas is like, I don't know what Matt. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> what do we do with this? Um, but very, very surprisingly, after the Vikings have come back to, well, not come back to life, but finally emerged as a team that isn't incompetent, um, beat one of the best teams in the NFL, arguably, on Monday night. Uh, they are, the Packers are a one-point underdog at Lambeau Field. That does not seem right. It does not seem just. And... <laughs> 82% of the public is on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so the public doesn't agree with that line either, but I just have this stupid, weird feeling that the Packers are going to win. Actually. And I don't, and I almost want them. Oh my them God. To. Are we doing Packers money line on the, on, uh, or are you doing? It. I'm going to take the Packers. Plus one? I'm, I love yeah, it. Yeah, plus one. I'm not going to take money on. I'm going to take Packers plus one, not because I have any faith in them, and not because I believe that they're a, a superior team to the Vikings. I just want to fade the public, and the Packers yeah. might pull a rabbit out of their hat at home. They just like all the all the bad things that it historically happened to the Packers traveling west after bye week, blah blah blah. Like. <laughs> Like I I I even hate that I'm suggesting this, and it might like infuse a little more hope into me about this team. But I just have a weird feeling they're gonna win, and they're they're probably gonna prove me wrong and get blown out. But I just I it, it's one of the, it's such a There's hard thing. Like everyone suggests that they should win. This so game. high on the Vikings after I just think beating the Forty ers I know. Well, in a game where everyone was so high on the 49ers and gave the Vikings no chance. Right. I just think things <sighs> even out in the NFL. And and yeah. if they and if they don't and the Packers just get eviscerated, then maybe we know a little bit more about this team then, which I would be, I would be fine with. I, I come away okay if the Packers lose by 25 points because at least then we have okay. more knowledge. So you're ho you're taking a hopeful Packers bet, but you're still on the under. <laughs> so you think they could pull off like a 17? Yeah. Uh, I think they can too. I think it, it honestly probably wouldn't look that different than the Niners. Or Kirk Cousins throws for 450 yards. I don't think there's really an in-between. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> but no, I, I, I do think I, I've got this weird feeling the Packers win. I'm not suggesting they're a good team and they deserve to win. I just think things Low scoring, good. scrappy game. Yep. So mark it down. <laughs> I predict I will fall asleep exactly twice during this game. <laughs> After so day drinking all day Saturday and setting the, the line at one point five, you're taking the over on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, I did doze off in this last game, but that, that had a lot more to do with uh, my activity on on Saturday than it did. With... I stayed awake for the whole thing, but um, my I mean, I missed like a few plays, but like that, you know, just the fact that I'm not sitting at the edge of my seat during yeah. the Packers. Like, that's the rarity, right? Like, it's we're standing, the, it's actually. the first game that my wife has watched with me uh, all season, and she just got to uh. hear me whisper, God, this team sucks, like, wow. five times <laughs> over the course of two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sit know. there silently and whisper under my breath, cursing our crappy football team. But maybe they win. Nick's taking the over. <laughs> not, not the over. I think the under still oh. somehow hits, but... I don't know. I'm just a I'm just a believer in um, if the line doesn't. You're taking make the sense, Packers plus one. Gotcha. Yeah. If the line doesn't make sense, there's usually a reason for it that none of us realize. And this line makes no sense to me, even at home. All right. A little a slight sliver of something you might be able to call optimism on our way out. So with that, we'll hit the polka. Yeah. <sighs> It'd be nice if this team didn't stink. Come on, guys, stink a little bit less this week. Would really appreciate that. A less stinky ribbon. That's right. Yeah. As we yeah, as we put a stinky little ribbon on this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has to be the episode title now. All right, guys. Um, I believe tomorrow we should be having uh, Intercepted in the feed. So you'll get to hear Justice Mosqueda preview the game with a guest. Usually a very knowledgeable guest. If you're not listening to these shows, you should be. They're great. Did one with the... Uh, did want to preview the Denver Broncos game that was super interesting. Talked a lot about the uh, talked a lot about Hackett and 
Peyton and behind the scenes coach Guff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, keep it locked in here uh, to the AcmePackingCompany.com podcast feed for all things Packers and the blog. For them, I'm me. Let's go Pack Go.